Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And Jack Coughlin. And welcome to another episode of Courtside Eclipse Nation podcast. The regular season is done. The play-in is tomorrow. And Jack and I are going to have a special episode for you guys today. We're going to preview that play-in game against Minnesota. And then we're going to do our end of season awards. And then we'll discuss that weekly wager that happened. And then that'll be that. Jack, you ready to get into it? I'm ready, baby. It's playing season. Let's go. Yes. Love the energy, brother. Um, okay. So the first round of the play-in or... I guess you could say it's somewhat of a – it could be a final round if they win. But tomorrow night at 6.30 on TNT, the Clippers play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves are the seventh seed. The Clippers are the eighth. The winner will go on to be the second seed to face Minnesota at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. Um, so far, the injury report as of recently is showing that Kawhi is out, Preston's out. Uh, Jay Scrub is out, and Luke Kennard is questionable with that sore right hamstring. He left that OKC game uh, and didn't return because of it and also missed the game because of it. So it'll be interesting to monitor him and his status going forward. But for the Timberwolves, it's going to be um, it's going to be a tough one. It won't be easy. Uh, the Timberwolves are seventh in offensive rating, seventh in rebounding, uh, in contrast, the Clippers are 26th in rebounding. The Timberwolves are also first in pace, second in possessions. They also have Cat, who's one of the best shooting bigs ever, uh, shooting over 40% from three. Anthony Edwards, the second-year stud, he's averaging 21 points, and he's a big-time threat. He could uh, shoot the three off the dribble, and he is a crafty finisher, and he just elevates when he gets downhill and gets into the paint. They also have long defenders in Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniels or Jalen. I apologize. Um, I forgot which one's which. Uh, another thing on the rebounding. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm old. Um, for Vanderbilt, he's averaging eight rebounds, uh, two offensive. So that's something to monitor uh, as they go forward. And there's just... There's a lot of things you can be concerned about with this team, but there's a lot of things you can be confident about the Clippers. So, Jack, my first question to you is, what is your biggest concern going into this game? Yeah, I would say biggest concern, I think rebounding is going to be a really big thing. Uh, you know, like you said, Minnesota is a great offensive rebounding team, and the Clippers are last in the league at cleaning the defensive glass. So that can definitely be a huge thing in just a one-game scenario where you know maybe the Clippers just kind of forget to to 
focus in on those rebounds. And Minnesota, like I said, is a great offensive rebound team. They get those boards, get some easy layups off it, get another open three, get some more possessions. Rebounds are definitely key in a one-game scenario. Uh, I believe it was Pat Riley that said rebounds win rings. So, yeah, rebounds are very crucial. And obviously in the playoff series, you know, that's not as more important. But in a one-game plan scenario, rebounds are very crucial. So I would say that's definitely a, a huge thing that we need to look for. And then another thing um, that I saw uh, a random guy just on Twitter saying, who was saying in the first three matchups that LAC, uh, they guarded Cat with Batum and had Zubak helping off of Vanderbilt and McDaniels, which worked pretty well. But then other teams would try to copy that. And Minnesota actually started to do a lot better against that kind of defensive coverage. So I'm interested to see what kind of coverage they do on Cat and if Zubak or someone else will be on him and who's going to be helping off of who and what Ty Lue is going to go into the game uh, with what kind of game plan he's going to go into the game with. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what those matchups will be, whether Zubak and Batum will both also be on cat again or who will be helping. So, yeah, I think definitely the cat coverage. And then I would say rebounds. Those would be my two, two biggest things. What would you say? Um, That's a good point. Uh, I like that you brought that up because I think, they put Nico on cat and it helped mitigate some of the pops, but that's a good, uh, that's a good point you bring up uh, for me. I think it's the energy that they have to bring to start. I think Minnesota is going to be juiced uh, mainly because it's a postseason game. Um, one of the, they have, I don't think they've had one since, uh, uh, since Jimmy was on the team and I, the role players are going to shoot better uh, on their home court. They're going to have more energy because of that crowd. So you have to match and that it Pat early. Bev, that, yeah, that guy, Pat Bev. exactly. And then Pat's going to be extra juice, extra motivated. He's going to get the crowd into it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be able to take some blows and come back from it. So I, I don't expect to be an easy win for the Clippers. I don't think anyone is, but I think people are underestimating this Wolves team. And I also think that, a lot there's more noise about like oh the clippers when uh Kawhi pg come back and all this and then no one's really talking about the wolves i think they're gonna have that chip on their shoulder but other than that also the um also the rebounding i think and the pace is something i'm a bit worried about but uh, as long as their offense can uh still move the ball attack get going get pg downhill get him some uh good looks i think they have a good shot um, Jack, what would you, uh, how would you match up on their three stars? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, like we said with cat could be Zubak or Batum, depending on who's out there and, and what we're focusing on stopping. And with Edwards, I think Edwards and Russell, it'll definitely, you know, be some of our, some of our wings on them. Um, and yeah, they're all Russell, Cat, and Edwards. They're all just super talented. Uh, I, I mean, it, it would be tough if all three of them have it going. Obviously, it's going to be a super, super tough game. But I think Tyloo is going to adjust accordingly to depending on who has it going from the start, who starts off hot, who who looks like they're going to be hitting shots. I think he's definitely going to try to focus in on them. So I could see you know some Rocco, some Batum on any one of them. To be honest. Maybe PG gets him. Obviously, PG is going to have to be the focal point of our offense, so we don't want him wasting too much energy on defense. But he may get some uh, possessions where he's guarding one of them. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of different looks, just keeping an energized defender on all of them because, like you said, they haven't really been to the playoffs a whole lot. So 
they're definitely going to have a lot of energy with the home crowd, Pat Bev. So Ty Lue's definitely going to be, you know, trying to keep an energized defender on them at all times to not give them anything easy because it is a one-game scenario. This isn't a playoff series where we can just take it easy. Like, it's got to be just this one game, got to get the win. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a bunch of different looks. Okay. You want to hear what, what I would do? What start would you out? do, Coach John? How I would start off, I'll start with Cap. I would put Nico on him just because I think he has the length. And then if you could three, if um, he tries to post up a three quarter front him and then just have the weak side guy, uh, always be aware of that, be active and look for it. I would have zoo on Vanderbilt kind of how we saw those other teams play him so that he can like help off a little bit, be a safety and still protect the rim. And then uh, cause you got to, you got to make someone else beat you. And I think he might be the guy you might have to make beat you. Um, Reggie, I think you're going to have to have him. You're going to have to just live with him being on uh, D'Lo. And then PG, I would put on Edwards just to give him some length, um, just to bother him a little bit. Even though Edwards is a, a big physical guard, I think PG could uh, still bother him, but. Yeah, I'm curious where uh, mm-hmm. maybe they might have to put Mook on Pat Bev, and that I would be kind of weird or interesting. But <laughs> it would be an interesting match. But I, I just I also don't... think Zubak being in the paint will be key because when Edwards drives, you know, he likes to explode up there. And in the games Clipper played Minnesota, Zubak was really good at staying vertical, and Edwards would struggle trying to get buckets in the paint on him. So, yeah, I think Zubak being in the paint will definitely be key for us. Yeah, I, I just worry about. I think I worry about Mook and Zubox, Zubots on defense, uh, just to see if they get attacked or switched on. Uh, Zoo, Zoo, we've seen has been pretty solid, so I'm not too worried about him. Uh, I, I'm looking more forward to seeing Rocco defend those guys because I think he's gonna uh, get switched onto a lot of them. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, what do you anticipate the Wolves doing? against uh pg this game well we saw what anthony edwards said uh, about the playing game quote coming from uh dane moore nba quoting anthony edwards who said to stop paul george if we stop paul george we win the game so i mean i wouldn't necessarily agree with that completely because we know our role players can go off you know we got norman powell now we got all our guys except for Kawhi and possibly no luke Kennard. so I mean, it seems like just from that quote, they're going to really be focusing in on just locking up PG, could get some doubles. I mean, it, it could be a bunch of different coverages, so they're going to really lock in on that. So the role guys have to be prepared. Of course, we would love PG to, you know, score the whole game, but it may have to be one of those games like it was where he got 12 assists against the – who was it? Was it the Kings? Yeah, the Kings. On uh, Saturday, yeah. So it may have to be a passing PG night again, and we saw that worked against the Kings, so – yeah, I think he'll be prepared for, for any coverage, but they're going to be energetic too. It's not, it may not be like a, just a Kings playing for nothing double team. It's going to be a home game, Minnesota, Pat Bev, energetic double team. So those can be tougher, but yeah, P, PG will be ready. And, and Ty Lue, I know will adjust accordingly. So, but yeah, it could, it could have to be a, another passing PG game if they really just go all out and trying to stop only him. Yeah. I think, I do anticipate them switching up coverages against them, depending on who's setting a screen. Like they'll probably just, I assume that they'll start Vanderbilt on him. And then if it's like uh Pat Bev, maybe they'll switch 
uh, or if it's um, like Cat or D'Lo, they might blitz him. So they're gonna he's going to be able to get rid of the ball early. And then Zoo's been doing really well in the short roll. So I think they should be confident in that. And even last postseason, uh, Ty Lue in an interview went before a Jazz game. They said they were going to double PG, and he wanted them to because now, now you're playing at an advantage. And then you have uh, Zoo making good short roll decisions, and you have shooters all around him. So I'm expecting a little bit of that. If they get PG in the post, I'm expecting some doubles to come. So as long as PG just doesn't make any questionable pa- passes, which he probably will make one or two, but – it happens. It happens. Yeah. As long as he plays controlled, which he usually does, I think he should be fine. I, I think he can I think he can go off against this team. There's enough mismatches. Like even Pat Bev, even though he's um an energetic defender, I think he could still shoot over him and back him down. D I think he can get by. Cat, he can get by. It's just uh when they have the longer defenders on him, I think that's will be the issue, but still he's um, he's an elite ISO scorer, so that will be key. Um, about that quote too, they didn't even mention uh, he didn't mention Norman Powell. So yeah, you gotta watch out for Norm. Don't don't sleep on our guy Norm. Yeah. Do you, how do you think he's gonna come out in this game? Given that he hasn't had much time, even though he's had twenty in the past two, or twenty plus. So is he gonna season. start or is he gonna come off the bench? I presume that's exact. Okay, that's a good segue because I was gonna ask you what is the rotation you would want or you think would happen because to me i think they're going to go the same rotation that they've been doing and start reggie pg nico morris and zubots and then i believe they'll have man as the backup one um i don't know if luke's gonna play i think the hamstring's tricky and especially since they could possibly play another playing game on friday i don't know if they risk it um sure but but yeah, I think they go man, uh, Norm Covington off the bench, and then Hart. But I think I think we might see them go small like a lot of the game just to keep up with them. So what do, what do you think that rotation is going to be like? Yeah, it, it does seem like it, they'll just stick with the starting lineup they've been going with. I mean, Norm has looked great off the bench. He's good for that role because he can score at a high clip, um, and he's been doing well and and getting buckets for us off the bench, but. Obviously, he is just a really, really good player. So he, he seemed like he would seem like he'd start because he's so talented. But Tyloo's been rolling with him off the bench, and he, he's been doing well in that role. So I presume we'll probably stick with it. Maybe uh, Norm might finish the game, depending on the score and how it's going. So yeah, he'll probably stick with that same lineup. And, it, and it's nice. I like the uh, the Batum, Mook, Zubak kind of three down there. I think I think that'll be good, especially defensively, having like tall. Uh, tall Nico, tall Mook, tall Zubok down there. So, yeah, I, I, we know Ty Lue. He's, he's going to make the correct adjustments when needed. But, yeah, I think he'll, he'll stick with the the one he's been going with lately. Yeah, PG 6'9", too. So, they're, they're – Exactly, six, yeah. They're like, about PG. they're like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, up from uh, 2 to 5. And then Reggie has like a 7-foot wingspan. So, can't, uh, can't forget about that. But, yeah, I, I think there's no doubt Norm – uh, Roko and PG are going to close and then it's all it's all depends on who else I, I assume Reggie and uh, Nico will close with them so it'll be Reggie uh, Norm PG Roko Nico that way they could switch everything they have a lot of length and they have a lot of playmaking in Reggie 
PG uh, and Norm who could score and facilitate. And then they have just their best glue guys out there too. So it may be tough not to see uh, Mook out there, but I don't know if they're going to be able to have him out there against a, a fast, energetic team like this. So that'll be interesting. And I, I do hope they get Mook going early. I think that's that's going to be key like they do in the other games because if he's not going, the game's going to go by fast for him. Um, he's going Maybe he'll get frustrated with himself, but if they can get him going, that's going to be a huge weapon for them. It's just so difficult to preview playing games because it's not like a playoff series where it's like over the course of all these games. It's literally just one game, and any NBA team can be any NBA team on it's any a game road night. game too. Exactly, it's so impossible to predict and preview. Um, I'm still confident in the Clippers, but yeah, like it's it's just so difficult to really be able to predict. Like, who knows going to be hot? Someone's going to be hot. Someone's going to be cold. Someone's going to get in foul trouble. Someone's going to get, you know, someone's like they're going to get in their own head. Someone's going to get tired. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's literally like March Madness. So I'm excited, man. Clippers first playing game in franchise history. Let's go. Let's have some fun. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm. I'm kind of nervous. I'm nervous. I don't know why. I'm more. I'm more nervous about Anthony Edwards than anyone else, and I just don't know why. I just think that he's gonna go off. I can't. I can't understand why. He's just like a big guard, and he could. He's craft. He's a craftier finisher than I think people realize because they just see how athletic he is. But he is, and he's kind of of a microwave guy that that needs to get hot. Um, if his three is going, it's definitely in trouble. Yeah, because he's just so athletic and can blow by if you if you're stepping up on that three. But I mean, I've liked Zubak in the paint defending his drives, so I'm feeling good about that. But yeah, if his three ball is going, it's it's trouble for sure. I I, feel okay, like... I have a question for you. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, our uh, Hartenstein off the bench. He's open for three. Are we okay with him just just letting it fly in the playing game? Um, how many seconds on the shot clock? There's 10 seconds left. I could do 10 if it's like 10. Okay. And because what's, what's the, uh, what's the alternative? Because if he's open, it's a good, sh- I think it's a good shot. We're at that point now where he can make it, especially with totally. how he's been shooting recently. Cause when you're at the end of the shot clock, you're going to resort to like an ISO or just like, or throwing up something, uh, out of a force pick and roll. So I don't see why not. If he turns into a stretch five in this postseason, that would be the quickest. <laughs> that would be the quickest development of a stretch five of a role player I've ever seen. And totally. how late how late it is too, it'd be hilarious. I think it'd be funny. Even though I'd prefer him inside, just because I think his floater is more automatic than his uh than his three. But yeah, it's it's great early when he's you know just not looking to shoot, but more to distribute or to you know to get to the rim. But yeah, if there's you know he's on the wing and it just happens to come to him, he looks up, it's like you know seven seconds left. Like this might be the best shot we get, and he's been hitting them lately. He's been hitting them. I think he's like, I don't want to get the stat wrong, but he's something like he's over fifty percent. I'm sure eight of he? fourteen. Yeah, it's like eight of fourteen or eight of fifty or eight of thirteen. Something like something around there. Yeah, it's definitely over fifty percent. In his last like six or seven games, yeah. Do you? I have a question for you. Do you think we're overlooking D'Lo? I feel like a lot of people are. Him, uh, I mean Malik <sighs> Beasley can get hot, but I feel like no people aren't really talking about D'Lo that much in this matchup. Yeah, I mean D'Lo can also get hot. Um, I could see, you know, like some of our wings. We have so many wings to put on people, so it's it's such a gift to have that. 
yeah, I think our wings can give them trouble. But, yeah, I mean, they just have guys that can get hot and just hit everything on any given night. Of course, the Clippers have them too on our team. But, yeah, you got to just keep keep – Everyone in mind on that team, even you know Beasley can get hot on their team. Like, yeah, he he got to really look out for everyone. Yeah, he he can get going. I forgot what year it was. It was a couple of years ago, but I believe it was uh, Malik Beasley had just been traded from the Nuggets, and he goes off against the Clippers. I think he has like thirty plus or something. Oh yeah, I remember that. I rem- I just remember he just cooked, and I I remember because. Uh, when I would watch the Nuggets, I'm like they have so many good guards that can just score, and he's one of them. He can get like get going. He's averaging 12 off the bench, um, shoots 37.7 percent from three. But I think that's the thing with their guards. Their guards don't really shoot a high percentage. Um, like when we were talking about D'Lo, he shoots 41 percent from the field, 34 from three. Um, maybe you can get him to fall in love with uh, just contested shots, but just keep bugging him. Like don't let him inside the paint. Uh, but it, it's you gotta stay disciplined on those guys, and you just gotta you gotta just be solid. I think I think it's gonna come down to rebounding, like how we've been all saying, and then keeping up their energy um, and keeping up with their pace, because we know rebounding and transition uh, defense have always been an issue the whole season. So that's gonna be something. But other than that. It's going to be a really exciting game. Uh, any closing thoughts from you before we take a break? Hey, man, at the end of the day, we're still playing with house money. We got no Kawhi right now. We don't have our full squad. I would even say the Timberwolves have more pressure than the Clippers in this playing game, So, which is rare. Usually the Clippers have all the pressure, but no, I think the Timberwolves got most pressure. So house money, we don't really got much to lose. Let's just let's just have fun. It's a playing game. It's one game. It's March Madness. Let's just have fun, enjoy the show, and and try to get that win. Yes, that's a good point. And then I want to close one more thing. If Reggie has a good game, the Clippers are for sure winning this game. But if he doesn't, um, obviously there's firepower from other guys. But I think because Reggie's the barometer, if he has a good game, that's true. I think I think they got it easily. Yeah, usually the team goes how Reggie goes. So let's hope it goes off. Yep. Okay. So we're gonna take a quick break and then coming up, uh, Jack and I will give our end of the end of the regular season awards. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we back. It is time for John and Jack to give our end of regular season awards. Yeah. We're going to start off 
Thank you for the enthusiasm. You're welcome. We're going to start off with the team, most improved player throughout the year. I'm pretty sure we have the same person. We did. Actually, I, I am sure we have the same person because I'm looking at it on the Google Doc. Yes, sir. John, who we got? Jack and I are going to go with Terrence Mann for the team's most improved player. And I'll give my reasoning. It's because this man was put in three different scenarios the, throughout the entire season, and he did well in all of them. First one, lit lineup, the beginning of the season, comes off the bench, comes off this uh, offseason where everyone's giving him big uh, expectations. He finds that chemistry with Luke and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, and he does a good job. He's bringing energy. We're seeing the initial uh, no, what do you call it, hesitation when he shoots threes. He's looking sure of himself. He looks great. Second uh, stage of the season is starter T-Man. This is maybe the best T-Man of the season we see. Um, when he started, I believe he was averaging around 15 points and shooting over 40% from three. Uh, and you could see then that he didn't have the hitch. He was playing with confidence. He was flourishing with uh, playing with a uh, higher talent around him. And I believe that was uh, one of my favorite times of the season. That was also one of the games... Uh, against Brooklyn where he hit the game clinching shot. Um, but yeah, and then now we, we see him as a backup point guard, something he hasn't played since his first year in the league where he didn't really get much reps at it anyway, and I think he's doing a better job at it with more reps. But yeah, he's, he's not getting like 15 a game how people thought he would, but I think over the course of the year, he's definitely improved the most out of anyone. And that's no shot at Luke because Luke um, has improved his confidence. I just am rolling with T-Man on this one. So why did you choose him? Yeah, because, you know, like you said, he came in with so many high expectations from people. Um, And, you know, we started off a little, a little bit slow. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't really reaching the expectations that we, that we kind of placed on him that were pretty, pretty high. And he started off a little slow. Some people were saying, oh, he's kind of been a disappointment. And the season just goes on. And then he, yeah, like you said, just throughout the season, he slowly started to, to find his rhythm, shoot the ball well, find his confidence, attack well, defend super well as he does. And he, he started to have a lot of games. And I think a, a big turning point really was those two back-to-back Dallas games that we had in Dallas against Luca, who was going off in both of them. And Luca, you know, it was going off, but when T-Man was on him, he was he was still trying to give him a hard time. T-Man had 21 points in that second Dallas game, which we won uh, by two, and he was defending Luka in that game. And then the next game right after that against the Warriors, he has 25 against the Golden State Warriors. Like, that beef he has with Luka just woke him up somehow. Yeah, and then since that then, he's just been playing very consistent. Yeah. That might have been his best stretch. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. Yeah, totally. I, I think that was his best stretch for sure. And, yeah, he's just been shooting the ball well. And that, that kind of woke him up almost. And he's just been confident, attacking really well, defending well as he does. And I, I think he'll have a good role in the playing game coming up too. So, yeah, he's just improved from starting off a little bit slow and people saying it was disappointing to now everyone being like, yep, T-Man's back. T-Man is here. We love you, T. So, yeah, I think I think that's a fair award to give him. Yeah. Before you move on to the next one, just want to shout out Luke Kennard. This man is um, finished the season as the top three point shooter in the league, just under 
Um, I think he had, he's definitely had his, one of the best seasons of his career. He, I think he just got more of a green line, got more confidence, but I think because where Terrence Mann started, I think that's why we both chose Terrence Mann just because of how much he improved from the previous season. So go ahead. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Luke definitely deserves a, you know, a nod to a little honorable mention because he's done terrific. And yeah, leading the league in three-point percentage. It's it's crazy to think. Landry Shamit, and we get Luke Kennard and, and some picks. Still a great trade. On to the next one. Team sixth man of the year. Now, this could be a tough one because we've had some different lineups. We've had injuries, guys, starting guys off the bench, but just sixth man of the year for the Clippers. John, who you got? I just realized we're probably going to snub Luke again. And I feel really yep. bad because he deserves one of these, but I can't do the it, pod, man. How do we I, not have an award for him? I don't know, man. It's we're, we're frauds. Anyway, I feel like people will think we're biased if we pick him. So that, that's why we exactly. Pick. He's the only one that uh, we got to interview. So exactly. Shout out Christian. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Uh, my pick for the team six man of the year sample size isn't great. But I have to go Rocco. This man, this man, without a doubt, needs to be one of the top three guys closing with PG and Norm. I've said it multiple times. He just does so many things right. He shoots the ball well. He cuts. He, um, on ball, he's still still good. I've seen some clips of him uh, when he was keeping up with Brandon Ingram. Uh, That Pelicans game, he was defending the pick and roll well. He's a good help defender. He's good at tagging and bumping. Um, I just think that he has brought a second Nico to this team. And now it's not just, oh, we have to like run Nico into the ground. Now we got Rocco. And it's funny because they both like similar names. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but at, at first he was like, a. it seemed like he was a throw-in in the trade. But now he looks like a necessity. Um that we got it. He's a guy that you trade for. And I'm just like really happy that the Clippers were able to bring that back out of him, make him happy to play basketball again. And I think it's showing on the court, uh, especially with that Bucks game, he set a franchise record with 11 threes uh, that just a game to get him going and get the, the morale up. But I, I do not know what more I could say about Rocco. He's been insane. And He's my sixth man of the year. I apologize, Luke. I apologize, T-Man. I apologize, everyone else that's come off the bench. But I'm I'm a Rocco stand for some reason. I, I don't know how to explain it. You have became a Rocco stand. You know, like before his 43, you were saying he was the most imp- impactful player on the team the whole season, and he, he had barely even played a few games for us. So I'm a prophet. Yeah, you got the title of the Rocco stand. I would say for my sixth man of the year, I love Rocco, and I think he's been great. And, and like you said, he he really did get in the trade, and everyone focused on Norman Powell, and we kind of forgot about Robert Covington too, so it's been great that he's been playing so well. I'm going to go with my guy, Isaiah Hartenstein. Great pick. Who almost wasn't even on the team this year, but it's between him and uh, who Giles. was he battling with to like get that final? Yeah, Harry Giles. Giles. And, yeah, Giles, my bad. Okay. And we didn't even expect him to get minutes. We thought he'd be like a third string center. And he has just surpassed every expectation we had. And even, you know, Serge gets traded and they give him the role of, yeah, you're our backup big. He's been terrific for us. 
the lefty, super nice guy. Uh, he responded to me on Instagram one time. Very nice. Oh, guy. okay. Yeah, I hit him up with a DM saying like, "Oh, you know, Clipper Nation loves you. You're balling for us." And he he was super appreciative and said he loves playing here. So this stack, who uh, on the low post pod, um, shout out shout out Zach Lowe, among all NBA players from NBA.com, who is number one in the lowest field goal percentage at the basket you know, like allowed on defense, minimum 20 games played, minimum challenging at least three shots at the basket a game, lowest field goal percentage allowed, is Isaiah Hardenstein. Although he does foul a lot, so that might come into it. He has just been a great backup big off the bench. So to have Zubok or Hart out there defending the rim at all times has really just been a gift for the Clippers, having to either have a big or so if one gets in foul trouble, you still have another good big to defend the paint, can still do our small ball lineups. And I think, I think he's going to have some games, you know, if we win the plan and make it to the playoffs, I think he's going to have some big games for us and could even just have it in the plan. He's, he's been shooting the threes, like we said lately. He's turned into a stretch big. Uh, he could have been a nominee for most improved based on his three-point shooting. And we know the heart floaters are going up. He brings some energy off the bench as a backup big and with his dunks and it's just his defense. And, yeah, he, he's he's – He's just been terrific for us. So I'm excited to see him in the play-in tournament and hopefully the playoffs. But I'll, I'll give him the sixth man of the year, especially based off the, you know, not really having any expectations for him coming into the year. Yeah. I I think he's like the engine of that second unit because he the offense basically runs through him uh whenever they run delay or anything else, because he's just he'll he'll catch the ball and then he's good at the dribble handoff. Um and then the other players will cut harder i believe just because he has the ball in terms of when another big has it uh whether it's do like someone playing small ball but i think heart uh being able to roll have that floater being able to relocate when people drive i think he's just a smart basketball player he fought he does foul but he's smart in terms of that um iq of where to be uh when to uh hit cutter sometimes he, he throws it away but i think he's just being a little unselfish or being a little too unselfish, but yeah, the three point shooting's okay. I'm, I'm happy they're going in. Not, I don't think it's necessary, but I, I like that pick. Hart's a really good pick for a six man. Yes, sir. He's been balling. So on to the next award. We got team defensive player of the year. John, who's your pick for me? This one's tough, but and I'm, I'm not going Roko this time. I'm going to go. I'm going Nico Batum. The OG Roko. Nico. The, Nico, the, the French Knight. This man, at the <laughs> beginning of the season, I thought was the best defender. He would go, start games on Damian Lillard. Then the next game, he would take uh, Bam out of bio. We saw him defend Cat. He just go. He's everywhere. You can put him one through five. His length bothers people. Uh, he's a smart defender. Uh, he not just in terms of uh, getting deflections and whatnot, but when he's in help side, he knows um, he knows when to gamble, when to when to chase that steal, when to uh, when to switch. Uh, he he'll take a charge. He hasn't done too many this year, but he's in the right spots. He's a Good shot blocker because of that length and anticipation. Uh, on ball, just long. It's hard to get a shot over him. 
he, he blocks jumpers, which is incredibly hard to do without fouling, but, and, and he has that versatility. So yeah, I got to go with Nico. He's, he's a Clipper legend of my book. And in my opinion, he was the best defender all year. What about you? Yeah, I like that pick. He's, he's just been terrific for us and he's just so smart on both ends of the court and defensively, like there was a play against the Kings where he just tipped it to Zubak perfectly on defense and tipped it and he started sprinting because he knew Zubak was going to get it and he gets an easy layup on the other end. Like he just makes so many plays that when you look at it, you're like, oh, he's just a genius. He knew what was going to happen before it happened. But I got to go with the guy I just mentioned, Zubat. He is the focal point of our defense. He's the big down low. He's been so – he could have been a nominee for most improved too. He just gets better every game, it feels like. He's very, very good at staying vertical on defense and contesting shots, just making it difficult. We talked about how Anthony Edwards would take it in, and he would do a good job of challenging him at the rim and, and making it tough on him. And I know he sometimes gets a lot of flack from Clipper fans because, you know, he's not some insane, amazing offensive-minded center. But, hey, he can, finish, he can finish in the paint well. He can defend the paint well. He does his job, what he needs to do. And especially on defense, he just he makes it super, super tough on people that challenge him at the rim. He just does what he needs to do. He's usually good at staying out of foul trouble, which will be key for the playing game, especially because it's one game. And I just think he's just everything for us defensively. And and without him, like, that's why we've continued to have such a great defense this year, even without the injuries, is that he's still been playing. He hasn't really been one of the ones out of the lineup. And, yeah, if he starts, he's just amazing for us. I, I got to go with Zubat. It's a good pick. Let's let's also shout out uh, when he had to guard Luca pretty much all game and did a pretty good job. Yeah, even though Luca got his numbers. Uh, Zoo did a good job. We got we got to give it up to him for that one. Yeah, no, it was smart. It was a smart play to, to have him start so that they don't run a set to get Zubak. Is it Zubak or is it Zubats? I always don't really know. You know what it is. I, I Is it Zubats? What do you think? Okay, Zubats. Yes, good job. Okay, bro. thank you. <laughs> Like, do you, do you not hear to, this on the broadcast? To pronounce it right when they when they I say do, but name. I'm so used to saying Zubak because some people say that. Wow, wow. Listen, it's it's close enough, right? Okay, let's move on it's to Team enough. MVP. Okay, <laughs> moving on to Team MVP. You go first. John, would you like me to start? Okay. Yes, I shall start. Obviously, the best player on the team this season that has played is Paul George. We've done terrific. We've done amazing since we came back. We did amazing, but we did great enough at the start of the year when he was playing without Kawhi. But I got to go with the man, the myth, the legend, big government, Mr. June, goggles, Reggie Jackson. Love that. It felt like every time we were winning a big game without PG and Kawhi, he was like the leader in points or he made some crazy plays down the stretch or he did this, he did that. He had some amazing games this season where he would get, these are some of his best games, 36 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, 34, seven and two, 31, seven and three, 31, two and 10, 29, eight and five. And, you know, the list just goes on and on. And the Clippers, like you said earlier about how you're hoping he has a good game in the playing tournament because usually the Clippers go as he goes. If he does well, the Clippers do well. We have a good record when he's playing well and shooting the ball uh, at a good clip. So 
yeah, I'm hoping he goes off in that playing game. And, and he's just the vibe and the culture of the team. He just has fun. He tries his hardest. He's, he's never, ever going to not give all the effort in the world. And he's a fun player to watch. And, and like I said, it seems like our, our highlighted games this year that were big wins, he, he had a huge part in it. And, and he played almost every single game. So, yeah, I'm going with the homie Reggie. You know why that's such a great pick is because – Why is that such a great pick? Because of how good they are when he has over 20 or when he just has a good game in general. They're, yep. they're typically winning. That's why he's the barometer. Most valuable, as people forget, it's not best season. It's most valuable. And he pretty much is the exactly. most valuable. And there are games where they felt like they had to play in like 40 minutes for them to have a chance. So that is a great pick. I love that pick. But I'm going to pick someone else. My MVP has never let us down all season i think uh he's been great since he joined the team he's the reason why we're in this position my team mvp for this season is ty Lue. yeah ty and the reason why is i don't think paul george comes back this season or norman powell rushes or comes back this season if not for what ty Lue did when both of those guys were out, just having the record they had before those guys came back, being able to stay competitive uh, in, in that play in position and lock up that eight seed. It's not easy. You have Reggie slotting up uh, to the first option, uh, Mook sliding up to the second option, sometimes the first, and then you have to balance injuries, COVID you're developing Amir coffee, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann. You have to deal with juggling Serge and Hartenstein at the center. You saw some, uh, you saw some good flashes from Zoo. You see some nice uh, wrinkles on offense that he'll definitely expand. The adjustments, the comebacks, I don't know what else to say. He's clearly the team MVP. I'm not taking any arguments against. There's, there is no argument. I'm right. <laughs> You're wrong. And, Jack, that's why I'll leave it at. <laughs> Truly an amazing uh, conclusion to your to your argument there. I, I, I can't say anything back, as you said. Exactly. Thanks for listening. So, yeah, I like that. But no, seriously, Ty Lue has just done a phenomenal job. I mean, it, it's like I, I did make the mistake of tweeting before the Chicago Bulls collapse that I said, like, oh, when's the last time the Clippers have blown, blown a big lead? Oh, yeah. And everyone was like, I don't even know. That's the Ty Lue effect. This is the difference between Doc. I don't even remember the last blown lead and a last blown big lead, tongue twister. And of course, the next day we blow a lead against the Chicago Bulls. And it was kind of funny because then the next day was April Fool's. So at midnight, I tweeted like, yeah, you know what, guys, this Bulls game did it for me. I think Doc Rivers is a better coach than Ty Lue. And, and you know, we should we should just keep we should have kept Doc over Ty Lue or whatever I said. And I got so many people with that. People were in shock that I tweeted it. It's because they would believe It was like you. right at midnight. They what? No, it's because it sounds like something you would say. Oh, yeah, because I'm just filled with bad takes. Anything I say, is, of course, it's just a bad take. Well, yeah. But no, that is that is not true, Jonathan Lee. But I got so many people with it, and I was so proud because I love being a Hall of Fame troll and a menace to society sometimes. So, And it was right at midnight, so I just wanted to – Give that little anecdote. Yeah. Well, it was a great anecdote. Let's move on to our last award, Jack, shall we? 
Thank you. Let's do it. Best vibes on the team. John, who you got? I feel like there's an easy answer to this, but I'm not going to give one. I'm going to give the answer that you guys wouldn't expect. He hasn't been with the team all season, but when he was, it was nothing but smiles, great energy, great vibes, great three-point celebrations that I will never forget. I'm going with Brandon Boston Jr. as oh, yeah. my best vibes. You know why? Listen, every time he's on the court, you just see this uh, infectious confidence from him. He's literally a kid playing with grown men, and he's taking shots like he's been in the league for eight years. And he, not only that, when they go in, you could see the team, the team's happy for him. And then when he doesn't play, he stands almost the entire game. He's cheering on the team. Whenever there's a three, he's doing his, uh, he's doing his windmill celebration. And he does it a lot because this Clipper team makes a lot of threes, but him, he's just a great, uh, he's just a great kid to have on the team. Great energy just infectious super happy and also the post-game interviews when he comes in and congratulates and hypes up his guys i love it he he's just he looks like he's happy and belongs on that team he's a guy that knows he's a good player he knows he's going to be a really good player he can score uh but he accepts where he is on the depth chart and he makes the most of his time in the nba so that's my guy brandon boston jr best vibes jack what you got I love it. Yeah, his bench celebrations are amazing. And his uh, video bombs in the post-game interviews. I got to give the Best Vibes Award to none other, yet again, Reggie Jackson. The vibes start and finish with him, man. I mean, just at the home games when he's dancing after a win to California, love that plays. His dancing is amazing. The Reggie chants that he loves. You know, just the joke about him being Bobby Shmurda that, you know, Clippers players will tweet sometimes when he has a big game, the gif of Bobby Shmurda. All, all the way Reggie plays just with his bounce and his springiness and he just wants to have fun. The way he skips up the court to hit game winners against the Lakers, just everything about him, man. He's just enjoying life and having fun doing it and plays well for us. And he, he, like I said, he's usually the, the, the big factor in a lot of our highlight wins this season and his celebrations and just his energy is contagious. It seems like in the locker room, I love seeing him in those like locker room videos they do after big wins. And yeah, I mean, he's became a fan favorite so fast with this team and it's hard not to give him the best vibes award. I like the Brandon Boston pick, but at the end of the day, the best vibes, they start and finish with Reggie, man. I got to give it to him. That's true. Yeah. Shout out to Reggie. He, he carried this team the entire year and he always did it with a smile on his face. God, what a guy, but absolutely just just a great segue from the best vibes to the worst vibes we were going to recap our <laughs> weekly wager in which jack and i last week uh had a wager that the clippers would not go three and oh in their last three games um against the suns the kings and the thunder i thought the suns would come out and want to win and be competitive but I forgot that they had a back-to-back. That was the second leg of a back-to-back. And so they rested the entire big three. They almost did it for me after the Clippers went up 39. Oh, they almost yeah, did it. from 40 to 4. It would have it been insane. It would have been the biggest comeback in NBA history. So it's like they were toying with me. But it's fine. The Clippers. Wow. If, if it means the cost 
if the cost of the Clippers leaving the season in good form are my taste buds, so be it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then the Kings game and Thunder game were just blowing. Oh, my like, God. Close, like, oh, you know, even if the Suns win, like the Kings and Thunder could be I close. didn't even think about even those. the Thunder game. Yeah, they were just like even the Thunder game. We won by fifty. I don't even know why I thought it was gonna be close. We no, just polished them. I did not even. I did not even consider them. I put all my eggs in the Suns basket, and they let me down. So, thanks a lot, Phoenix. Jack uh, <laughs> Suns. Yeah. Oh, stop it. We have ordered the hot sauce. <laughs> we are going the last dab uh, from Hot Ones, one of the best shows on YouTube. So. You guys will see that whenever I see Jack, which is, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, and then Jack will, will do what he does. But, yep. yeah. Whenever the hot sauce gets here, which should be soon, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it happen. Maybe we even do it at a Clippers home game. Ooh, no, we're not doing that. Would that. Be, that would be spicy, no pun intended. No, we're not doing that. Anyway, guys, thank you again for listening. Thank you, as always, for all you loyal listeners and people who tweet at us. It's awesome to see the people who listen tweet at us because it makes me feel that people actually listen to this, actually <laughs> give our thoughts <laughs> some some value. But it's been a great regular season for how little Jack and I have done. Uh, we've only done it since January, but we're learning every day. We're having a ton of fun with you guys. We're excited for the play-in. It's going to be a good postseason. Um, whether uh, guys come back or not, uh it's been one interesting season and everyone's learned a lot but jack where can these people find you on twitter they can find me at jack clippers on twitter yep and then you guys can find me at courtside underscore clips on twitter jack and i both bring out really good content so follow us keep following the pod follow subscribe leave a review tweet at us um we'll interact with you thank you again for the support and as always go clips Yes, sir.